0: Hello, good morning, good evening, and welcome to a special AI-focused edition of the Unmade Podcast. I'm Kat McGinn, and I'm joined by Arpit Jain, who is the global president of Marcel, part of the publicist group. Arpit, Marcel is the AI-powered internal communications and HR platform, but that might be an oversimplification. Could you describe what it is and what it does?
1: Absolutely. First of all, Kat, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here speaking to you and the listeners of this Unmade podcast. You are right about what Marcel is. However, it is more than that. I think you simplify it very well. And the reality with Marcel is it does a lot of more things. uh, And sometimes it can become hard for us to describe. And the reason for that is because there is nothing like that in the industry. Uh, Marcel is a AI powered platform and I say AI-powered not because AI is hot today. We have been on this journey for six years. We recently celebrated our sixth birthday of Marcel. And by the way, Marcel is the name of our founder, founder of Publicist Group. So it's a homage to Marcel Bluestein Blanchett, who's, of course, no longer with us at this moment, but his legacy continues. And what Marcel does is it's the operating system. It's the connective tissue of Publicist Group. Oblisys Group, which is 100,000 people strong in over 100 countries. And if you think of the the powerhouse it is, it can do all the way from advertising, marketing, creative strategy, technology, data, production, media, you name it. So it's pretty much everything under one roof. And Marcel, as a platform, is the connective tissue operating system which allows our people to connect to each other, to connect to opportunities. To learn in variety of ways, and we'll we'll talk more about learning, to collaborate with each other, to actually even do their work, and it all is powered through AI, and again, we'll talk more about it, but it does it in a very personalized way, so it's not just a library of things, it's a very smart system, and it becomes smarter every single day. So that's Marcel for you In in a nutshell. It's our people experience and people growth platform.
0: And, and what about you, Arpit? What's your background, and how did you come to be leading the development of Marcel?
1: Wonderful. So I grew up in India, as people probably can relate with my accent. I haven't picked up the American accent being here for fifteen plus years, which my kids joke to me all about. My kids were born here; and they are all Americanized. Uh, but I grew up in India. I did my engineering back in India, and. Uh, I actually did mechanical engineering and people ask me from being a mechanical engineer to what you're doing, like, how did you make the shift? And I say it in a jokingly way, but it actually turned out to be true where I decided back in my engineering days, it's better to be a less sucky digital professional than a sucky mechanical engineer. For God's sake, I can't even fix my own car, which, which I get grief with my wife all the time. It's like, what kind of a mechanical engineer are you if you can't fix your own car? I can't. I am... And the reason is maybe I know too much about cars. I was like, I'm not going to go in myself and screw it up. But jokes aside, so I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. I learned digital throughout my life. And my career has been learning and reinventing myself. So I've been in the industry for close to 20 years. I've been constantly reinventing myself. And this is, by the way, my second innings at Publicist Group. So I spent 12 years in my prior life at Publicist Group and I donned roles from technology strategy to product management to client services. So I've gone around the the horn and does a, done a lot of things. I went out to do something else. And essentially about two little over two years ago, I came back uh, to lead Marcel, which is a very different role than what I was doing. However, the traits of it is same because I'm leading a product for our people, for hundred thousand people. And you know, um, when I was with publicists in my in my life one, my cat life one, um, as they call right, uh, I Marcel was just beginning to take shape. So I w- I was observing from outside like what Marcel is all about and I kind of knew bits and pieces. and about two years ago there was a pivotal moment and um, I was talking to some people and I got really excited by the the vision that was being set for Marcel and the potential it could have. And I was like, this is it, took the chance here. Every day, learning, enjoying, expanding myself.
0: This, what I think is really interesting is that what we're hearing is from there are holding companies who are issuing these directives that their staff shouldn't be using AI, shouldn't even be talking about it. And yet, your experience is that you've been, you know, on this journey for for a few years now, really leaning into the the potential and the capabilities of of AI. What do you think has? I mean, what's what's the reason for that? stark difference in, in attitude.
1: Yeah. So it'll be unfair of me to comment sort of why others don't do it. I believe in, let me talk about why we do it, right? So Publicis Group has been, I mean, it is a holding company on paper, but really is, is, is a connected uh, company across all those capabilities. We call it the power of one, right? That's something that our, all the way up to our CEO and board, that truly believe in. And that's what they basically inculcate in us all the way. You can see it our ways of working. And we have always been pioneers in finding new ways, new technology, like to drive our better outcomes for our clients, for our people. So hence, when this was uh, announced six years ago, that was a bold move at that time. If you go look up, you will find like hysterical stories and, you know, sarcastic comments and puns and everything about like why is publicist doing it. And it was a bold move. But again, it goes back to the, the, the philosophy, the mantra of publicist groups leadership, which is Let's look ahead. How can technology benefit us, our clients? We are in client services, so how can it do that? So that was the reason why we did that. And we continuously keep doing it. I mean, you know now there's a not-so-recent new kid in town called Gen AI. And we have been all over it also, of course, right? We are not taking that as a a threat. We're actually on the offensive, which is a good kind of offensive. Like, how can we leverage it to our benefit, to our people's benefit, our business, our clients' benefit?
0: And can you tell me some of the sort of, I suppose, what has been the journey so far? What have been the obstacles and what, what have been the major achievements that you're the proudest of?
1: Yeah, I mean, Marcel um, has actually gone through ages and stages. So in six years, uh, started as a, as a people connector to now, as I'm talking about, it has really become that operating system, the connective tissue of the group. And it has gone through, you know, different um, evolutions, and throughout, what we have found is we have always stayed, tried to stay ahead of what do our people need? What does our business need? So all the things I mentioned today, this is what Marcel does today. And it's 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 a proud moment. But at the same time, we actually don't sit on our laurels and I really mean it. Because we know what is good today will be okay in six months and maybe irrelevant in 12 months. We are constantly on the lookout for like how do we take it forward. So For us we don't say that we are done we never say we'll be done we are always work in progress and we basically say okay have we made progress are we moving ahead so today i mean i would say sitting here leading Marcel with the support of the of my team and my entire leadership who's behind this is like we are constantly expanding Marcel where it can allow our people to be a better version of themselves professionally and personally
0: Let's talk about AI specifically. What are the components? You mentioned the very so hot right now, kind of gen, I, gen AI component. There's a machine learning dimension as well. What, what else is happening under the hood?
1: Yeah, so let me give you two sorts of answers. One might be a little geeky, a little nerdy, and one maybe uh, maybe an overtly simplistic answer. So the simplistic answer is Marcel knows about our people and our business, but not in a creepy way. Uh, It does it in a very secure way and it learns about our people, which is to your point, like underlying is machine learning, right? We, I mean, even Gen Gen AI, underlying technology is machine learning, right? You basically learn from data, you make predictions, you make correlations. So that's the journey we have been on. So Marcel does all of that. The geeky answer is Marcel has what we call data points. So if you imagine 100,000 people and their background, so the projects they work on, the skills they have, the the brands they've worked on, the companies they've worked on for, and then you combine our work, like the 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 business that we are in. Of course, we don't expose any for client information, but put all of that together, and we generate what we call data points. And the more geeky answer is we use knowledge graphs, so it's it's basically connects all these points together, and it makes those correlations, those predictions, like we're looking forward. So it's not just linear you did this and hence you do that, it makes a lot of those correlations to figure out, okay, Kat, you are in this journey and this is what you may want to do next. Because I was saying earlier, Marcel connects people to opportunities. So here you can find your next, like what can you learn? What do you need to learn? And how do you take that learning and apply it to a different job and opportunity, hopefully within publicist group. That's the whole hope that you can do any kind of job that you want here and you don't leave publicist group.
0: So what's your position on the idea? I suppose that, you know, there's a lot of fear if we're being candid in the, in especially in the creative industries that people are going to have their jobs supplanted by AI. But I mean, is that is that a, a reasonable, rational fear, do you think? Is that something that your your people are, are worried about?
1: So I would say this, um, I'm going to speak from both sides of my mouth for a minute, right? People are definitely, there are, contingent of people who are of course fearful of this right including there might be people within our company too I mean i of course don't know about hundred thousand people but I would also say see we have seen this I call it tectonic technological advance advancements over the last several decades right like when internet came people are like well so, something will be out of business right remember when computers came people said typewriters went out of business they did they did go out of business but guess what new jobs were created new types of jobs were created so I think for us, and our philosophy, my philosophy also is, how do you take advantage of it? I mean, this is all created by humans. And I know there are stories around like, you know, the whole Terminator 3 coming to life and things like that. Let me not even go into the land. The biggest thing is, it is there for your benefit. Technology is created for your benefit. The fact that you and I can talk so easily, sitting thousands of miles apart, it's all technology, right? So coming back to AI and Gen AI, right? Learn I mean, what we are doing within our company is enabling everyone to learn and see how it helps you to be a better version of yourself, to do your job better. Now, as part of that, the fear is, well, yes, if you don't learn, if you don't take use of it, and if you don't learn new skills, yes, that those jo- some jobs may become irrelevant. So I think, again, it's in our hands, it's an individual's hand, use this to your benefit, learn new skills, because there's no dearth of new skills. I can tell you, it will create tons of new kinds of jobs, you just need to be able to, I mean, you need to give it time. It's not going to happen overnight. But what you can do is keep learning uh, new things and keep using it to your benefit. And that's what we have been doing within publicist group to like, how do we make sure that our people are actually using it to their benefit?
0: It does seem to me that what AI does in a very crude way is a sort of, it creates a collective intelligence, right? So it brings together all of the data. And I suppose then using this probability engine framework gives you the kind of based on everything it knows what's the most likely right answer and i and i suppose in a way that's what marcel does right like brings together all of the skills and all of the experience of of your staff do you think that 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 kind of idea of moving into a sort of more networked collective way of thinking about intelligence is how we need to you know to, to be thinking about ai as as a tool as a as a way of extending our capabilities rather than a you know terrifying threat from
1: i, I think you summarize this pretty well and we use this here especially on marcel and Public group it's a collective intelligence right like we are not about just one individual right i mean everyone is important but it's the collective intelligence that we put together is when we we great, deliver great work for our clients and marcel does that by the way because it's it's a it's a way for us to bring that collective intelligence together in a scalable way because there's no way you can bring hundred thousand people together without some kind of technology and system right so that's what Marcel does and that's and even for AI you're right like that's what it does but it does it it also makes you productive and efficient and going back to learning I am a personal believer of use the time so imagine if I get very brass tacks right like imagine you doing manual work like sifting through things and it takes you. 25 hours, right? And if AI can help you do that in 25 minutes, great. Use it to your benefit. Use those 24 odd hours to do something else. That's that's the mindset we need to be in. And I mean, I talk to my team every day. Like use we use AI, even while building Marcel, we use that. We all use tools like you know, ChatGPTs and Midjourneys and others of the world to our benefit. And then there's time saving, there's productivity. Use that to come up with more creative ideas.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? That that's the real impact on creativity is just taking that sort of grunt work, manual processing, free up.
1: Yeah, and exactly. And I know like, especially that there is, of course, this whole uh, notion of like creatives. I mean, even in our company, creatives are actually uh, um, like really taking it on. Like they are um, adopting to it, adapting to it, right? It's because, see, creatives may say, oh, it's taking my work away. Well, actually it's, making you work faster so you take more time because by the way creativity i personally believe in there's no boundaries to it right and human tech still is the best tech so guess what it gives you more time to you think more creatively like again going back to the time example right You, you you use the time to just wander around and think and when you wander around you actually the ideas come in i mean if you're bogged down with like the bunch of stuff you have to do there's no time for creativity so now you have time for creativity. Go think, find new ideas, find new ways.
0: How do you think people, you know, outside of people who have access to, to Marcel, what do you think is the best way that they can upskill and think about, you know, changing their their, their toolkit? What, what would you recommend someone start out with if they're just beginning to play with AI?
1: Great question. And, you know, I'm going to give a little long answer if you don't mind, uh, which is I. I remember when even I was um, taking on this job at Marcel, people are like, well, um, th- there are different ways. What What are the ways people used to learn? And I said, you know what? I mean, I'll go back to like my start of my career 20 years ago. Yes, internet was around, but information wasn't as easily available. Today, if you want to learn that, I mean, you know, there's a whole theory of you don't need colleges. Like uh, if you want to learn anything in, under the sun, you can find it, right? You can find you can find stuff, you can find people to talk to, right? Uh, you can observe people and you can learn. So to me, it's about having that mindset that you will you will make time for yourself. And in terms of toolkit, well, find time to connect with people, find people. And you can find them through a variety of ways, even if you don't have Marcel, right? I mean, uh, go online, read stuff, podcasts, YouTube, and more importantly, apply. Because again, I also know like, if you overfeed yourself for information, I mean you're gonna lose it, right? So when you read something, I think the big part is see how you can apply. Pick up things from there and start applying. Because there is no dearth of information. Like I am, I feel like if I was starting my career twenty uh, now versus twenty years ago, I'm actually at more benefit today because the speed at which I can learn is much faster today. If only if you have the mindset to say, I'm going to spend time. Like a very simple thing. Like I block time on my calendar with all the busy schedule, right? Like, and if it doesn't happen on the weekdays, I find time on weekend and say, I'm going to read a bunch of things. I'm going to find a few things to do. And then I bring those into my work. And so how do I apply? And not everything I learned, I can apply straight away. But as you keep building that habit over the course of time, part of this is it'll come naturally to you. And just like this paper habit, right? Start building that habit there's so many ways to learn
0: it's interesting is not the the I think there's something about AI my observation is that it's a, in especially the AI tools there's a really experiential nature to them and i think exactly to your point there's no point in just reading or just listening to podcasts if you don't get your hands dirty and start kind of playing around i think it's it's very hard to understand what the capabilities and the limitations are i think the, what I'm interested in though is the impact on creativity. You've mentioned the time and the ability to, I guess, mull over ideas. Do you th- I mean something I think creatives are very worried about is that that they won't be required in the same way that you'll be able to to, to perhaps just have, I don't know, three hours of a creative on a project rather than a full.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's a fair point, but um I'm gonna be a little repetitive. Uh, the point here is um even creatives, there's no boundary to your thinking, right? So if if you are like, hey, I used to spend three hours on this idea five years ago and I continue doing the same thing. Well, yeah, technology will take over. And I think that's what people say. So for example, right? Like people say, well, I can use Jedi to do copywriting. Well, you can use it to get a starting point or maybe get some way, but you can't completely replace. Now those copywriters, well, you upskill yourself. You find better ways. Because here's one other thing on AI, right? to your point earlier about machine learning, it learns from you. It can only get smarter. While it can make predictions, correlations, and probabilities, and all that, but it's still based on what it learns from you. You know, all these Gen AI tools, they learn from you. So, But, but there's no end to your your own creativity. So I think for these creatives, use that time. Use, and I, I know I said time, but but again, keep, keep finding new ways. And my biggest advice is use it as, to your benefit, don't be terrified. Because if you will be terrified, I mean, it will come eat you. Just to be candid, it will come eat you.
0: I think that's a yeah. There's there's definitely my sense is that will there will be a, a rush as the industry tries to, tries to do things more cheaply, right? Like the, it's good for the market, and that's that's what we're all in the business to be doing. I suspect there will be something of a pendulum swing back as we start to understand that. We talked about this a while ago. The idea that it, generating newness, generating original concepts, is is not within the capabilities of a, of a of an AI. What's your sense of that?
1: You know what? I'm I'm very glad you said that because I do believe in that. That see, there is a rush, and this is not undermining the power of, of AI and Gen AI. It's um, I mean, it's probably going to be here to stay. But just like any of these technological advancements, right? There is a huge rush and things will start settling down, and you've got to ride with the wave. So there's a wave, right? So yes, there are people who are terrified you, but if you ride with the wave, and you upskill yourself, I think you're going to surpass the wave, and people will find, people as in business will say, you know what? I need fresh creativity, because all of this will become stale, right? And if you can continue to ride the wave and upskill yourself, you will find yourself on the other side, where there will be more demand, provided you upskill yourself. If you do not, then the you would. So I, I do believe, I think uh, there will be more demand for freshness, more new ideas, Kat. You and I sitting here can't predict what will be the next version of Gen AI, right? Like there could be other technological advancements five years from now. I mean, again, we saw internet, we saw metaverse, which kind of came and still is I think floating around. There's Gen AI. We don't know in five years from now what else might, might be there. The only thing we know is I think these ad- advancements are happening much faster these days so if it was a cycle of, let's say, 10 years, I don't think you can say the next one will be 10 years. It could happen even in two years. You never know.
0: I think that's the the part that, that I mean, I personally struggle with the ramifications and the speed of this transformation. I don't think we're ready. I don't think we've adequately filtered through. <laughs> you know, I think the idea of putting a pause on development is absurd. But I mean, what do you, I, I have heard this this idea that, the skills that will be most in demand will be philosophy and ethics and, and, you know, these kind of deep thinking type professions. So what do you think about that? Uh,
1: I mean, yes to that, for, but, but, I, but I don't think that'll be the only skill in demand. Right. I mean, I think you point about creativity. I think creativity will always be in demand and by creativity, I don't mean just fancy looking things, right? Like everything, you can be creative in everything you do. You can be an engineer, you can be a back office person. You can, of course, be a true creative designer. You can be a copywriter. You can be whoever, and you can be creative. So I think that will always be in demand. The other thing is, you know, I mean, the 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 people part of it, right? Like the empathy, the the leading people part, right? I mean, pandemic showed us if nothing, right? Like it's very very important for you to to learn how to deal with people, how to manage people, how to how to drive and manage people, and sorry, grow people, right? And I mean, as you grow, as, as basically we advance, I mean, everyone, not just leaders, right? Like everyone needs to learn the skill of how do I work with people differently? And, uh, I mean, the diversity is only increasing, right? I mean, uh, the, you know, generation gap, right? Like there was a time where it was all one type of generation working together. Like I see in my work, I have all from Gen Zs to Gen Xers to millennials to like baby boomers. So everyone is now working in the same team. Like in my team, I have all of those. So, and that's a skill you have to learn. How to work with different types of people, right? How to be empathetic, how to be... The other thing is curiosity. See, AI, again, is curious to the point where it where you feed it. But you be more curious, you learn more, that will make you more creative, generate more ideas. And I think that's the part. So I don't think, like, we can say, like, all those... Um, so called mechanical jobs will completely go away i think even in those there could be different ways of doing the those things which you can learn
0: i think i've come in the process of i suppose since what november was was chat gpt november it seems like a much longer time somehow do you remember when you were first encountering sort of ai tools my sense is that it's 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 remarkable to me how something that seemed almost miraculous becomes really commonplace. And we've become quite impatient when, you know, GPT doesn't give us the answer we want fast enough or whatever. Do you, do you remember that that first encounter that you had with an AI that surprised you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think it was, you're right, November, December of that time where people start saying, oh, just chat GPT. And I think I remember some of the earlier actions was, oh, another, you know, buzz and it'll kind of puzzle out. I mean, uh, But you're right, it has evolved so much. But at the same time, I think it has become pretty much mainstream now, to your point. So which, if I relate back to our conversation a few minutes ago, now it has become kind of a basic expectation. And as, as things start becoming basic expectations, almost basic, right, then there will be the need for something new. And that's something new. I think, again, humans are the one who create AI. So as humans, as you become more curious, as you learn more, you probably, we probably will create something else ourselves a few months from now or a few years from now. So there'll be another version of something, right, if not Gen AI. But I mean, yeah, these days, it's everyone is like, my kids, my 10-year-old is like, can I use ChatGPT on my iPad? Like, what are you going to do with it?
0: What are they doing with it?
1: I mean, they, they. Of course, they do fun with it, right? Like you know, ask all kinds of random questions. Uh, I mean, you know, school kids are using it for homework. I mean, you. I mean, the, the stories all around, right? Uh, school kids, college kids, like everyone is using it for their homework. I mean, part of this is not wrong. I mean, if it helps you, why not? Um, but anyways, let's not go into a discussion of whether it's ethical there or not. I would. I'm not qualified enough to answer that.
0: There's some research that came out in Australia recently that that found that. I think something like 90% of particularly, I think, Gen Z and millennials were using generative AI tools at work. And only half of them were disclosing this to their boss, which I think starts to create quite an interesting conundrum. I mean, do you think it's an obligation to disclose if you you are using these tools? Is it?
1: I mean, see, every company probably is thinking about policies and should should you disclose or not. I mean, we even know in our company a lot of people are using it. I personally don't think it's wrong for you to tell your managers to, if, that you're using it. I think, but as a human, then you should again use that time and say, "Hey, I've I've been I've become more eff- efficient. I've become more productive. How else can I contribute to the business?" I think that's so. That's a very thin line of right. If you if I know the fear is if I disclose it, people will say, "Well, I have idle time." Well, then, yeah, find out ways to contribute more to the business because you are you're, you're working for a business. And I would say, good leadership will see, take that as an opportunity, and saying, "Yes, let's find let's find more." That doesn't mean we pile on more work, but it means you can actually expand yourself. And you think of your use you, yourself as an individual. That's your growth opportunity. How do you grow? You grow by doing different things, not by doing the same things every day. So. Doing same things every day, leave it to AI or part of it at least. Do other things. You are growing, so to me, it's a, it's a positive, it's a win-win for you.
0: There's something I wanted to ask about the idea that as we are training large language models over time on data which becomes synthetic, right? So it's it's now AI generated content that we're training future AI models on. How do you how do you kind of solve for that within Marcel?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question, and and I'll admit I don't think there is a there is a perfect answer right now. Um, I mean, there is massive amounts of data, and like there is original data, and then there is like AI trained data. I think at this point, I would say, um, yeah, uh, I I don't think there's a there's a at least in my my little brain there's a there's a clear way. I think what will what will be the telling point is as we start seeing outcomes of it. So you use the word synthetic data, right? I think as we start seeing outcomes of uh, of this data, and if we start seeing those outcomes feel synthetic, because those things, you can, so you can measure that. And you're like, wait, this sounds like a repetitive synthetic answer. Then I think you know that you have overdone that. And then there will be some kind of course correction. And even for that, there are models, there are ways in which you can course correct. You can see like how much you want to use. So I believe it's the outcomes that you need. So as, as, a, as a leader as a, as a person who, who ha- who's involved in these things like myself included, I do look at outcomes. So when we look at our recommendations are we like wait, do they look too good to be true, which is which may be synthetic or do they look artificially made up? And if we see more of that then I think there are, then we should absolutely correct
0: that. I think it actually starts to to speak to the need for human experience more than anything because if you don't know what it is that you're looking for what good looks like you know based on your your career your experience your skills it's very hard i think you know s- say you're more uh, sort of newer in, in your role how do you know whether or not what you're getting from an ai is is the answer
1: and and that's where the human intelligence comes in right so i so i'm a personal believer of data never tells you a full story even before the AI came in, right? People say, hey, we should be data-driven. I get you should be data-driven, but you just can't use that as fully mechanical. So, you know, like I look at data and data tells me this and that I should do that. No, take that as an input. So same way when the outputs come out from all your machine learning and all, you should just not take it as is on the face value, right? You need to apply human intelligence to say, okay, you know, like the art and the science. So data is the science, humans have the art. So mix them together. And any good product, any good service that you see is always a mix of art and science, in different ratios depending on what you're working on. But it's a mix of that.
0: And what about the issue of? I think one of the things that I, I, I think is a real concern is the fact that most large language models have been trained on biased data. Is it, how do you how do you, um, I guess, control for for the issue of, of bias when you're using?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's a very delicate question. And I would say, I think, see, as, as as in the movie Spider-Man, they say, right, with great power comes great responsibility. I think the same thing here, right? You, if you have great set of data, you've got to have good data governance practices. Right? And I know it's not easy, but I think you've got to have that. Like we, I was talking about, we have tons of data and we have great governance practices, and we constantly evolve them to say, how do we use that data? Because you just can't take everything as is because then to your point, you will either generate bias or you will have synthetic results coming out of it. So, and, and by the way, the data governance also is human intelligence. So you apply human intelligence to say, okay, how am I actually using this data? It's not just cranking a bunch of code and just keep using the data. You got to look at that periodically and say like, what is this data telling me? Is Does this look true? You know, the the human smell, the gut check—you've got to do that.
0: I love that we're talking about the future of artificial intelligence, and it comes comes down to a gut check. That's a that's a great, what a beautifully human way of uh, of framing it. So, I mean, I think you're something of an optimist. So perhaps this question isn't isn't something that resonates with you. But you know, the idea of uh, of your personal forecasting of doom, your P doom number which I think is a, is a popular question in Silicon Valley now amongst AI engineers, what is the likelihood that AI will destroy humanity? Do you where, where, where do you sit on that scale? Because I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm about 20% at the moment. I, not that AI will destroy humanity, but the, the, the people using AI in an irresponsible way might, might be our downfall.
1: Yeah. So I don't have a percentage number with me. And while I'm an optimist, but I'm also pragmatic, uh, or at least I think I'm pragmatic, I would say, see, going back to, and I'm pausing because I I want to be uh, sort of sensitive, is like how you use it to your advantage, right? So if we let AI just continue sort of uncontrolled, right? And if we don't put right governance around it and the right use around it, right, then maybe what you're saying might happen Mike I mean again I, no none of us can predict the future right I'd love if I could predict the future but it's us like how do we make the best use of it because who created this we created this right so let's let's put it to our advantage and let's see how best you can use it because I think if we control it then I think we'll will will not have what you said right around um again AI destroying humanity and all that And the other thing is, uh, when I talk about us controlling it, right? And we mentioned about learning, like you learn because to control it, you need to learn. You need to stay ahead. Because if you don't stay ahead, you will become irrelevant. You'll become a dinosaur. And I believe in we should be the ones who should be creating dinosaurs, not becoming dinosaurs ourselves.
0: So, what are you most excited about? I mean, crystal balls would be lovely, but in in lieu of that, what do you think is coming down the pipe in terms of, Tech advances, developments. What are you most excited about over the next, say, six to six months to a year?
1: I, and this might be me, but I'm I'm still the still the believer in that um, human technology is like you know one of the best technologies out there. And while I can't predict what's next out there, I think what I can predict is, see, technology is there to make our lives better, our personal lives, our work lives, uh, and all that. Right, so. I am on the lookout for there probably is gonna be some other wave which will bring uh, which will come and that'll make our lives better, our work lives better. But with every change, there's always this this upfront period, right? Which will give you both kinds of feeling, you know, like optimist feeling and some scary feeling. I I won't be I would I would be remiss if I say like, at times do I feel there's a there's a fear? Yeah, I do feel there's a fear at times. But very quickly I shift to, well, but then it's in my control like I can I can try to stay ahead of it so it's not like I'm 100% you know what don't worry about it and just be go on your uh, merry joy around. no learn from it try to stay ahead of it and I think then you'll be ready to catch the next wave whatever the next wave might be
0: as a closing question Afet what would your biggest supporters say about you and what would your detractors say
1: let me start with detractors actually Uh, and there's a lot there's a lot right uh and I'll only keep one point, right? I think it's, I am very pushy and I can be impatient and I'm a very self-aware person. So it's people like, I mean, I look for faster results, faster progress. And at times I am I'm very pushy in, I mean, not, hopefully not in a negative way. So it's, it's not everyone's uh, cup of tea, right? People like, wait, 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 we, we can't run as fast as you're trying to run. So that's one I think in terms of my supporters, and I do have a small population, if not big. Uh, I would say the biggest stuff is bias for action. I have learned from from early days of my childhood, actually. Right, like just get stuff done, and doesn't matter what it is. Just keep keep doing stuff because the world is not ruled by in my in my books, people who just talk. The world is ruled by who can do stuff, and then once you do, you can talk. But get stuff done. So it's too and, and that's what my supporters whoever supports me like yes he has he bias for action
0: that's a great answer
1: i will try to leave uh, uh, people with this i think in general i am a believer of never stop learning never never stop learning i use dinosaur analogy before and i always say if you don't learn you will become a dinosaur and see what happened to dinosaurs they become extinct so just constantly keep learning keep applying those learning keep doing things and you will fail at times but if you keep doing uh, you you will be on the other side of of whatever the next wave is.
0: That's all from us. Thank you very much for joining me on this special AI focused edition of the Unmade podcast and I hope you will be joining us at October's Remade Retail Media Unmade event. October the 11th early bird tickets are on sale now. Um made podcast edit by abes audio